Welcome to another Long Shot Podcast. I am your host, Mark. As per usual, we are brought to you by the Bring Back the Buzz Podcast Network. Uh, here we are again. It is, what is it, a Monday? Uh, it's a Monday. Um, nothing <laughs> at all has changed except for the only news we've gotten as Hornets fans is that uh, Arnie will not be joining the team this season. He's going back to Spain. So that was kind of disappointing since, you know, we're rebuilding and uh, got to have young players. But we're going to send him back to Spain. Kind of disappointed in that because I'd like to see them start developing him here. But, you know, they know what they're doing, supposedly. So that is the only real news we've had. Um, we have seen and heard nothing from the front office. Which, I mean, I guess is what we can expect until something happens. Um, I'm, a little dis- I'm a little discouraged, I'm not going to lie, um, that we're not seeing any moves. Um, we've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the, the scrap heap players have been signed. Um, a lot of the guys that, you know, might, you know, maybe they just need a change of scenery. Maybe, maybe they're, they just didn't work where the coach were, you know, with the coach they were working with. We've seen a lot of that. Those guys get signed and that's frustrating because that's, I think a market that this team should be really hitting hard right now. Uh, we, uh, I was talking about it earlier on Facebook or on Twitter. And, uh, I had a couple people ask me questions of who I thought we should bring in. And one of them was a 10 at N200ZZ. I don't know what that means, but I figured I'd give him a shout out since he always, he's a real good, if he's a good follow, if you, if you want to follow him, he's a good follow. He's always very interactive and he has really good questions and knows quite a bit about basketball. So he asked me who I thought the Hornets should bring in. And I did a quick search. Uh, and uh, there's a couple guys that, like the first one is Marquise Chris. And I may be a little biased about this. Um, he went to UW. I watched him play here in Washington and he was a dynamic player with crazy athletic ability. And I know that everybody will tell you he sucked when he was in the NBA, but how many, how many, how many players do we have to see the Suns jettison out of their franchise? Um, young players because they made mistakes before we start to look at the franchise and go, maybe you guys just aren't good at, you know, getting the best out of your young players. This is a kid who was all rookie his first year. He put up in college uh, at, uh, at, at Washington, he put up similar stats, if not better stats, than the freshman year of P.J. Washington, who we just drafted. Um, there is rumblings that he doesn't learn fast, but... He also had like three coaches in two years at at uh, at Phoenix, so that's not a great way to start, especially if you're a young kid and if you're having trouble with a playbook or you know things like that. the The hardest thing to do is to have to change three times. So he's one that I would definitely take a flyer. He's a six nine, stretchy four, can hit the three, um, can jump out the gym. Not a great rebounder, but I also think that that was part of uh, the, the system that they used in Phoenix, because in college he was a pretty good rebounder. So 
he is one that I would definitely take a flyer on. He's still young. He's only I think he's only 22 or 23. Um, and if you could bring him in here for a one-year deal for you know whatever the, the league minimum is, you can't lose on that. These are the kinds of things that the Hornets need to do. Where the, everyone keeps saying, well, we have a ton of forwards. Yeah, we do. But we're also going to be actively trying to trade two of them. And we have no bigs. Like, we have bigs, but they're not... They're 6'6". Six, six. We need guys that are... He, he might be able to... You know, maybe you can project him to, to be a small ball five. He's built a lot like Marvin Williams. So, it's things like this that you need to tweak on the fringes. And maybe you get somebody that hits. Another guy is... And I'm going to screw this up. Is Ike Anagobogu? Sure. But he was with the, the Pacers organization. Uh, another big 6'10". Um, athletic jump out of the gym guy, you know, rim runner, another guy who could be, you know, he, he was waived another guy that you can pick up and take a flyer on. These are the guys, if you don't do it now, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, they're just waiting until, you know, training camp. But the thing is, is a lot of these guys might not be available when we get to training camp. And then you're dealing with, you know, the, the next tier down. And then there's also two point guards that I was looking at Jalen Adams and Kobe Simmons. Jalen Adams is more of a prototypical 6'2 um, point guard. Kobe has some size, he's five. These are guys that that ha- were well decorated in college, um, and maybe they you know they didn't fit with their team or they didn't get time. But that's the one thing we can offer young players, or we should be offering young players, is a chance to show what they got. Um, and if you're going to be in this rebuild like you should be. Um, that's the big step is making the decision to rebuild and then going out and trying to find talent to fill in because the draft isn't enough. Like you have to, you have to find treasure, you know, treasures. You got to find diamonds in the rough. You got to find like Spencer Dinwiddie's guys like that, that bounce around a little bit. But then once they finally get a, a spot to get some time, all of a sudden they're a pretty good player and they grow. Um, and there's only, there's this, what brings me to this is only 12 guys on the roster. So I was thinking that maybe Arnie was going to take a roster spot, and that's why they hadn't, you know, delved into the outside of the of the Hornets pool to get some young players. But now with him being gone, um, you have your two first rounders, or two second rounders, excuse me, in uh, Martin and McDaniel's. That leaves you. That's even even if you sign both of those, that leaves you one roster spot and one two way, and. I haven't seen much out of McDaniels to believe that he is anything but a G League player this year. So he's the type of guy that if you're going to sign him, you sign him to a two-way. Because he's he's not as good as some of these young guys that I'm talking about already. And he's older than them. So, like, it doesn't make sense to, to avoid a guy who actually has played in the NBA and showed some things like Marquise Chris to bring in a guy who's older than him, who didn't really look good at summer league and isn't going to play. So if you're going to bring him, if you're going to sign him, send him to the swarm and let him get playing time while you see if Chris can do anything this year. And then if Chris can't do anything, then the next year you let Chris go. And then you bring up the next guy. The whole thing is you have to have it staggered so that you have young talent coming into the team every year. That's how you avoid <coughs> overpaying uh, high-priced role players because you have the guy ready to take the spot already on your roster. 
this is the fallout from four or five years of bad drafts. Now, we don't have these guys to fill in. So you have to try and do four or five years of work in two seasons. So that's why you've got to get these guys in, see if they work with the play, the team, give them a shot, and then if they do, you found somebody. If not, then you can turn and burn them and use the next players to see if they fill a spot. You basically, you know, it's it's about it's like darts. You're just throwing them at the wall and seeing if somebody stays. So I really think they need to get into that now. Bring these guys in and then have them start working with the team. Have them start working with Borrego. Have them start working with with the young players that are already on the franchise or already in the franchise so that when you get to training camp, you actually can see what they can do as opposed to them going through the steps of learning each other at that point. Uh, I wanted to talk about this, this, I, I know I've been negative on the Rozier signing and it's not so much about the player it's not that I dislike Terry Rozier. I kind of like the chip on his shoulder. I kind of like the swagger he plays with. It just doesn't fit the Hornets' timeline. And I think that's what I... I really... I just didn't like it from the get-go. And I couldn't really put my finger onto why. The reality is, is he's going to... He's going to turn 26 during this, this basketball season. The rest of your core is 22 and 21. Aside from Bacon, who's 23. Um, but to have him be the oldest player in your young core and also the most the highest paid is doesn't really make sense. It 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 means that if he does pop, let's say he does pop in year two of his contract, odds are the rest of the team is not going to be ready to support him in the way that we need. So then you go into year three. And he will be coming up as an unrestricted free agent. But you'll have bird rights to sign him. But do we do the same thing we just saw? If we do see him hit, you know, and and become a player, you're up against it the following year where he's going to be 28 years old and a free agent. And his his cap hold is going to be $24 million. So that's why I have been negative about the signing. It has nothing to do with Terry Rozier. It has more to do with this just doesn't fit the timeline that the Hornets are going into, which scares me because this is how the Hornets have done in the past where they jump the gun, where they're still a year or two away from actually contending, or not, not even contending, but actually uh, being good enough to, to think about making a run, and they speed up the process and go out and overspend to get somebody in that they think could be a difference maker and it short circuits the actual rebuild. So that's what makes me nervous is because we've seen this franchise in the past do things where it's just not, it's not going to help them get anywhere to do it too quickly. But they're, they kind of put themselves on a clock with his contract. So, it would have been one of those things where I would have rather see it be a two-year deal or a four-year deal. And I understand it couldn't be a two-year deal for the, the sign-in trade. But if, if you're going to get him for his best, you actually shorted yourself probably one of the better years. So they're going to be in the same situation. If, if he does pop 
and the other players actually, you know, become something, right when they're ready to to make a move or be a good team, they're going to have to deal with him as a free agent. So it's one of those things where it's not the player, it's the situation that I don't agree with. It That's why I've been saying the whole time, it was a panic move. And you can't tell me it wasn't. It was a panic move when they knew Kemba was going and they were gonna let it, he was gonna go for nothing. They did whatever they could to do or could do to save face a little bit. And I think that is going to create problems as we go in because he's gonna want to play hard. He's gonna want to be competing now. I mean, he came from the Celtics. He he has had quite a bit of playoff success. And now he's coming to a team that's going to be rebuilding. I could see him to start getting frustrated. And that's never good with a young team. So that's my, that's how, uh, I couldn't really figure out why it bothered me so much. And it, 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 finally, I was looking at the roster and trying to figure out what, how these pieces were going to fit and how we we're going to put these things together. And that's when it hit me. It's like, wait a minute. They just either sped up or screwed themselves on their rebuild because of this this first contract that the first one you signed after you knew you were going to have to rebuild that was what bothered me so uh we're going to take a quick break and i will return we're going to talk about a couple more things another another uh listener question and then a, a little a little in deep discussion about monk and his progression and where i see him going so stick around and i'll be right back Welcome back, segment two of the Long Shot Podcast. Um, before we get into anything too deep, I uh, wanted to share a little personal story. Um, many of you have not seen me because I, I, I live in Washington and most of you live in Charlotte. So uh, I'm, I'm not the typical like athlete guy. I'm like 5'5 five, five and fat. So... If you hear me grunting a little bit or making funny noises as we're doing this, it's because every time I move, uh, I'm sore because my wife on Saturday was like, hey, you know what we should do? We should take a hike. And I immediately was like, yeah, okay. Uh, but of course, I said, okay. Well, that sounds good. I mean, it can't hurt. I got, I start coaching coming up here in the next couple of weeks for soccer. So I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea to get out and start getting a little bit in shape and I was, I was told it was like a three-and-a-half-mile hike. Well, three-and-a-half miles went, and and we were not anywhere near our house. So it actually turned out to be a five-and-a-half-mile hike. Now, I know for some of you that's probably nothing, but for someone who hasn't hiked in a decade, that's a lot. So if you hear me grunting and groaning, it's because I'm sore. And it's sad to say I'm sore from walking, but that's the reality that I live in. So that either means one of two things is I shouldn't hike anymore or I need to do it more because I can't do this sore thing for three days. But anyway, I digress. We will get back into the actual information of the show. Um, recently on uh, on Twitter, I asked ba uh, Dwayne Bacon just a question because I saw him talking about, you know, grinding or whatever and workout. And I, I happened to just say, hey, is Monk there working with you? Is he, is he you know, ripped? Because that's all we've been hearing about is how he's getting big and 
that's what his goal was, or whatever the team's goal for him. And I was really surprised at the the response from Bacon was basically like, you know, don't worry about him and blah, blah, blah. He's working. And it, I, I got to say, it's making me nervous. It's making me real nervous that uh, that guys like Bacon and and Miles are having to, having to stand up for this kid. And I think they should. I mean, I understand it's your teammate you do. But it seems like the there's a group of the Hornets kids that are that are working together and it seems like Bacon is set or Monk has separated himself from that and that that is what is alarming uh I mean I understand these guys are you know they're free to do what they want work out where they want but there is something to me to, to say that it's nice to see it when they're work, they're getting their work together they're getting their work in together We've seen Monk bail on summer league, um, which that was that was bothersome. And now, like I I I I I guess I was stupid. I assumed that they were all working together, but I haven't seen anything from him in you know kind of the the interaction with the fans or things like that. So that that was why I asked. I I, I assumed he was in Charlotte working with them. I guess I was wrong, but. I I see there's going to be a lot of pressure on the young guys this season. We've talked about this before, and I don't know that they're they're prepared for the pressure that is about to be on them. And that is something that we shall see how they react. But it's already off to a bit of a shaky start. Um. So we'll see how that goes, but it's just something I'm going to watch. I'm going to keep an eye out and to see how how they handle what's what's going to happen. Um, he also had a post on there that he said, you know, he loves the fact that, or we love the fact that everybody is doubting us. And I mean, that's again, that's the way you want to be. That's the way you you gotta you gotta carry yourself in that way. That you're the best every time you step on that court. However. When you start saying things like that, if things go badly, we know how social media is. We know how fans are. And I just hope that Hornets fans are going to be patient and not start, you know, pulling out receipts of what these kids had to say. And, you know, if they're 20 games under 500, saying something, you know, you know how people are. We, we all know how people are. We all deal with them on, on social media. So... That's one of those things that concerns me a little bit. It's not a lot, but a little bit. I really think Bacon's going to play well. I just don't know that this team is going to be able to win at all very much. <laughs> so it could be one of those things where the the idea of you know talk is cheap in July. If we're st- if we still talking this smack in the season and they're doing well, then more power to them. But you got to remember. You're a long way away from the season, so we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, the I had another question from North Carolina Tony, NC Tony, who's a, who always, always interacts with me on, on Twitter um, and all, often puts up good questions. So thank you, Tony, for, for your question. Um, he asked me what I, what I could see the projections, what my projections for Kemba, Lambeau, and Frank um, – 
going forward, you know, stepping away from the Hornets and what I can see them being on their new teams. And uh, Kemba is going to be an interesting one because this is obviously the most talent he's ever played with. Like the, 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 the three wings basically that he's going to be playing with will probably be no worse than first, second and fourth on the top players that he's played with. So I can see him taking a step back, maybe not having to shoot as much, um, seeing his usage kind of drop a little bit, but also seeing his efficiency go up because um, I, I'm really interested to see how many open shots he has because with the way that they run their offense, and this is nothing against Borrego or Clifford, actually, one thing that that you can see Brad Stevens' teams do is they make life easier for their point guards. The way they run their sets and the way they run their offense, the point guard doesn't have to do all of the creation but also and also gets to cash in on a lot of the open shots. We saw that with Kyrie for two years. He's not Kyrie is not a great creator. He's a he's an ISO guy. He likes, you know, he doesn't do pick and roll very much. But he was still able to get open shots because of the guys that were around him. Well, if you factor in Kemba's ability to to uh, break down guys off of a dribble and then also break down guys with a, a good screen, a screen and roll, I, I'm going to go on record right now that Kemba will have a career high in assists this year. Um, I could easily see him being 7.2, 7.5 assists a game. Just with a, not only the fact of all the shooters that are going to be around him, but with the way Stevens is going to use him to his fullest potential. So that is going to be interesting. Um, Lamb is, Lamb's going to do Lamb things. Like, Lamb's probably going to start early in the season for Oladipo, who's going to be injured. Um, but from what I've seen and what I've heard is there's also chatter of after Oladipo comes back, him, Lamb may be starting at the three, which would give them a crazy long uh team depending on what they do because a lot of it's going to depend on what they do with their forwards and their bigs so if they go two bigs uh if they start miles turner and demonis sabonis they may start lamb to adjust to the quickness and and but that the length on that group is going to be pretty good and i think he also will help i i can see him putting up similar numbers to what he did last year but getting a lot more uh, respect for it because it's going to be, they're going to be a team that's going to be probably top four in the East. So he's going to get a lot of shine too. It's not just Kemba who's going to get a lot of shine. And then that brings us to Frank, which um, I find it hilarious that uh, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, Frank's going to kill it, you know, when he goes somewhere else. And then he ends up in Phoenix and then posted, this is where he wants to be. Um, and nobody in Phoenix likes him because they beat Wisconsin, or Wisconsin beat them in the tournament. <laughs> so he's already like up against it when it comes to fans, which is fine. I mean, I guess there's not a lot of Suns fans anyway. Um, I've, and I can say that I've been to three games in the last two years. Uh, I, I've seen the Suns for, you know, team play and I've seen their fans and their fans are not very interested in what's going on. So that is, you know, might be good for Frank, but I honestly don't see him. Like, he went to a team. He literally left Charlotte 
and went to a team with a better center rotation than the, than in Charlotte. They've got the the young kid who I'm blanking on right now, uh, and then they got uh, Baines as the backup. Oh, Aiton. There we go. Aiton. Uh, so you got Aiton and Baines as your as your two centers, and then they've got uh, like three other power forwards. So he's probably going to end up playing power forward, but they've got Saric, who's probably going to be the starter, and then they just brought in Cech Diallo, who's kind of more along the lines of the guy that you'd probably want to play with Baines, because Baines can stretch the floor, but isn't always the most mobile, so you'll probably want to bring in Diallo. So I think there's a really good chance that he is the fifth big for the Phoenix Suns next year, and maybe gets 10 minutes a game. And... I just there's nothing he does well enough to really put him ahead of any of those guys or the the fit doesn't work. So that's what I see for them. I see Kemba and Lamb doing you know getting a lot more praise for stuff that we've been seeing them do forever and then I see Frank just being in the desert and maybe getting a tan and playing some, you know, a lot of a lot of practice hoops and maybe playing for 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there depending on matchups, but um, the way they run that franchise, who knows? I mean, he might start over Aiden because they just do weird stuff there. So thank you to Tony for that question. I appreciate it. Um, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, it's really hot in my man cave because summer actually finally got to Seattle. So, and I'm not prepared for it. So 85 degrees and humid is not great for me. Um, so I will talk to you guys soon. Again, follow me, Hornet Sportspot, on Twitter. Follow the boys from Bring Back the Buzz on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, join us on our Facebook group. It's The Buzz. If you search it, you'll find us, and we'll we'll be happy to bring you into the fold. And there's a lot of good discussion, a lot of good talk on there. Um, so until next time, let's hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst, folks. And I'm out. <laughs>